Joe presents Liquid Football. Hello and welcome to Liquid Football and Joe. It's the show that takes you inside the dressing room and puts you in the boots of the players. Joining me this week, Cotton Cole and Sean Wright-Phillips. And it, it was a short Premier League programme this weekend. And it feels as though the most important things that, that have happened this weekend and the things that it feels like we should talk about are the two instances involving racism. First of all, it was in, in Porto where Musa Morega had to be restrained by his teammates. He was trying to walk off and it looked as though his teammates were trying to, to keep him on the pitch. Um, that was during his side's 2-1 win over Vittoria. Morega scored the winner but felt unable to continue because of the abuse that, that he said he suffered. Uh, meanwhile, the BBC are not using Craig Ramage as a pundit. He criticised Derby's young black lads and said they needed bringing down a peg or two. I made the comments on BBC Radio Derby's sports scene show after Saturday's one-all draw with Huddersfield. Kick It Out have said that his comments were thoughtless, racist stereotypes. We'll come on to that and, and, and sort of try to sort of draw a line between the, the two instances because there are... There are there are differences and, and obvious similarities. But first of all, Musa Morega, first of all, there's, there's the issue of, of the abuse that, that he suffered and how that makes a player feel in that instance. Because I think, Sean, you've been there where it has been a crowd and you've been in that position. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard, I feel like, for each person's feeling as, as emotional and as, as strong and as powerful they may feel about it. Everyone's going to react differently and my reaction when it happened to me um was total shock couldn't really believe it but then at the same time the option of walking off the pitch wasn't available or wasn't something that people would have done but so you were at the at the Bernabeu yes correct in the in the friendly against Spain it was all quite overwhelming to be honest with you but back then it was just newspapers it came out one day and then in a way, it was kind of forgotten about. I seem to somehow now, as retiring, speak about it a lot more than around the actual event. So do you think it's a good thing that, that we're talking about it more now, as much as it was a bad thing that it was almost... It was dealt with but swept under the carpet quite soon afterwards in, in the past? Um, yeah, totally. I think it's massive that people are speaking about it of all races. It's not just, obviously, the the black players or the abuse players or anything like that, I feel like as a collective, there's a lot more people speaking about the situation to try and help resolve it. And obviously, in this instance in, in Porto, it looks as though Morega is being um, held back from, from going off the pitch by, by his teammates. Would you have felt in, in that circumstance, like you said, it, it, it was a, in a, a slightly different environment, would you have felt that walking off the pitch would have been an option? Would your teammates, for example, have backed you, do you think? I'd like to think so. I think, like Colton will tell you himself, um, but when you go on a pitch as a team, you're meant to stick together through thick and through thin. Even if you feel like your players handle the situation wrongly, you're still meant to stand by him and then cross the bridges after in the change room as a team amongst you all. But um, I feel like his team made it look like he's fighting this battle on his own and I can imagine how lonely he felt at that specific time. Yeah, how, how did you feel watching him it, when it looked as though he was being stopped from, from leaving the pitch? Um, well, I had mixed feelings. Obviously, I can see where his teammates are coming from. Like, his teammates definitely... It's one of those ones where they don't... They, they was in the winning, they was winning the, the game and 
there was like trying to probably try and say, listen, we'll get through this part and then we'll deal with it afterwards. Don't so don't come off the pitch. You've just what did you score two goals already? Scored the winning goal. The winning goal and that just shows you how passionate he felt about that situation. Do you know what I mean? So for him to be saying, I'm going to come off the field, we're winning the game. I've just scored the winning goal. He should be feeling really good about himself. But obviously he doesn't because he's heard something in the crowd and he's heard maybe a few punters giving it the big one. And um, I just think his his teammates now sees that. Don't Sometimes they have to have be on the same page. I don't think they was all on the same page. He knew what he was going through, so he wanted the backup from his teammates, and he didn't receive that. And it's not... Everyone could look at it from a different angle. I'll have my view on it. You'll have your view on it. You'll have your view on it. But at the end of the day, the player that walked off that field, he's had his view on it, and he's made it his his um, time to like do something about it. And you can't fault him, and you can't you can't judge him. It's just something that the game needs to get rid of at the moment, and it's um, it's just sad that's a talking point at the moment. But I just don't see where we're gonna go if no one's gonna be on the same page. When you hear that kind of abuse, and and it's not just in in this one game; it has been in in other games as well. The, the England Bulgaria match was the the most prominent in, in involving players mm-hmm. from from this country that we've we've seen recently or heard recently. What is that what does that feel like to to see that because here there there are has, well has it improved first of all I don't want to be the person to say uh, that it feels like it it's it's yeah. improved even if it's slightly but is it Well what I would say what's what has improved um see when you went through that stuff in Spain remember yeah. I was with the England under 21s and I had it the day before oh, yeah um Darren Bent said it on um something another outlet that banana got thrown on the pitch towards me and then he'd sit in it and then we was talking about it and everything but we didn't actually do nothing about it on that that time there because we was actually confused and we'd never actually been through that before so that was the first time we've ever been through such um, racism and we didn't actually take it as racism at the time. We were kind of confused to what it was. What did that banana mean? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, but I know we're laughing about yeah. it. Like, we laugh about it now. But at that time, if we was actually clued up, yeah, then and seen it for what it really was, then we would have probably reacted different. Um, at the time, we didn't actually realise that we was actually subjected to racism. And um, I was actually looking at the banana thinking, right, that's... That's some nutrients there. I could eat that, and I could go again. Do you know what I mean? And, and the way you, the way you, um... John Barnes did that, didn't he? Yeah, he uh, yeah. No, no. John Barnes done the flick, didn't he? Oh, the flick, he? Yeah. he done the flick. Yeah, the... He didn't beat the banana. He didn't. No, eat... he didn't. Eat... I think it was Danny didn't... Alves, wasn't it? Was it yeah, Danny Alves. Alves, Alves done Alves, that. Alves, Alves. Yeah, well. But I was, I was, I was, I was years ahead of him. I was actually thinking that already. But, <laughs> but like, I stumbled into that one. But um, what I was saying, like, what we need to look at is like because. That time when you was going through that, we didn't actually have the support, the support of the country behind us or our teammates behind us to just say, Do you know what, that's happened, we're walking off. Because we wasn't actually in that frame of mind and we didn't know that was the right thing to do back then. But now, you see players now, because they're not taking any, any crap anymore, basically, they are actually 
policing themselves now and say, listen, if you're not going to do nothing about it, the establishment's not going to do nothing about it, I'm going to do something about it and I'm going to walk off the field, which is kudos to them. Mm. But for me, at that time in our lives and way football was then, we didn't have the support to be able to be doing that. And if we'd done that, we'd probably get told that we're this and we're that and we're sport brats or we're, why can't you just do that? You've got to be a team player before yourself and all that. So we didn't have the confidence to come out and do such valiant things. So in one way, it's a good thing that, that players now feel confident enough and feel that they have the support to be able to walk off the pitch in that, in that circumstance. On the other hand, should it be the player's responsibility? Why should the person at the receiving end of, of abuse be the person who, who has to do something to fix it? Um, well, it's, it's a bit of both because, like you say, walking off the pitch doesn't always work. You've seen it with Suleiman Tari. He did what we call the right thing, walked off the pitch and ended up getting a red card and was suspended. So I feel <laughs> like on both sides of yeah. it... it Marika got a, a yellow. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. So it's not always the best thing to do, but the players feel like they have to do something which shouldn't be the case. The players are there, they work in the industry and they should be protected by all the governed bodies around them and that's who should make the call. The players shouldn't feel like they have to do it. The reason why the players are doing it is because they feel like they're not getting help or protected from anywhere else. No so support. this is their only option to make people like say, all right, enough is enough now and that's the only reason why I think the players have come up with a solution just walk off the pitch. Is it is it something that that players should be dealing with? Do you think, Carlton? As, no. as Sean's saying, <coughs> is it is it the player's responsibility to, no, to do something the, about this? The, the problem is right. It's not the player's responsibility to do anything. Really, we're just out here to play football. The only responsibility we have is how our social media, our, our performances on the field, obviously, and just walking around town, knowing that you are part of something and you are rep- you represent something and. and putting yourself in a, in a good light. That's the only thing you're responsible for, just your self-image and how you look to other people. What you can't control is the fine systems, um, the governing bodies, as um, rightly said, the governing bodies need to do more so we don't have to feel like we have to do more. <laughs> do you understand? Like we, we feel like we have to do more now because we are not being protected. Whereas not, that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is just to play football. We're in a time and, time and um, place now where footballers earn so much money and, that, and people used to throw that at us. Oh, you earn so much money, I'll, be, I'll get called that name. Do you know what I mean? I'll get called that name for that amount of money. You're, you're, well, no, why should you? Like, why should we be subjected to racism when you don't need to be? Like, and you've got people that are earning loads of money up, upstairs as well that could actually come down and protect you because you're a part of them as well because you are working... And in this establishment, and this is what your bread and butter is, so you, what you need to do is just focus on football. You don't need to be focused on, oh, am I going to get taunted because of my, my, I've got a different colour skin to that person? Or am I going to be ashamed of what, where I come from? Because there's, there's no need for all of that. So I'm just, I'm just thinking right now, the governing bodies need to do a lot more and dish out the in right punishment. What, bigger fines... Banning fans. What what sorts of things are you are you talking about? Well, I've always just said like because it's very hard to police. Like you, obviously, one fan. I think from our previous conversations yesterday on the topics, uh, we obviously highlighted where a group of fans pointed out where the racist chants were, and, and that person got kicked out. But 
some fans will be scared to do that because they don't know what the repercussions is if that person finds out, oh, it was you that told on me that I did race, racial chants. But, so it's, it's hard to police, but I'd, like, I've always just said, you know what? Just ban that section of fans. It's quite I, easy. I don't think I don't think it's, it's as easy as I'm making it sound. I think there's more logistical yeah. things to do around making that happen. But I just feel like that will make people think before they talk or do actions. And I go football matches. You go football matches. You go football matches. If you're there with your family and your kids, you don't want them to be around that and thinking it's okay to say that to another person regardless of the colour of their skin. Like, that, it just shouldn't be tolerated. Like, the game is based on emotions, happiness, and it brings a lot of cultures and races mm. together. So the fact that it brings different cultures and races together, why are these people in the stands trying to divide it? Well, you've got to look at it like, as you said, it's bringing a lot of people together. But then you get a few that don't want to be together. Then don't come to the game. No, but as soon as football, sport in general, is a tool for unity. Of course. Yeah? So as soon as you walk through those gates to go and watch a football match, whatever you're thinking about that different race there, that person there, that should just be eliminated from your thoughts. Yeah, leave it out. Yeah? So what should happen now is people, fans should be calling out other fans. And if they need to do something about it, they do something, which there's another example. I think it, you, you said it yesterday, I think, um, of how it should be done when the fans started saying Nazis out. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? In they started Germany, chanting yeah. Nazis out. That's people coming together. Taking a stand. And taking a stand against the one or two or three people that are actually messing up the, the game for everybody else. And that's where the whole world needs to come together and unite because there's, there's loads of us that actually see sense and there's just the a minority. minority that don't. And listen, you might not change their views, yeah? But at the same time, what we can do is try and change um, them coming into our environment and, spoiling and then we can square it up. And you mentioned this idea that if, you know, whatever you think outside of the, the ground, when you, when you come and you park that and then the sport should yeah. should unify but there's the other version which is these so-called 90 minute racists who are people who will say in my everyday life yeah. i don't hold these views i don't use these words i don't behave in this way but when i come into a, a football ground that is that is how i yeah. i behave is that is it's that pos- be- is that possible <laughs> so basically he's saying he's this- only racist for 19 minutes yeah because that- it's going to help okay. the team probably <laughs> Listen, it's, yeah. it's not possible. They, these it's people not. just need to be consistent throughout their whole lives, isn't it? <laughs> just be just be consistent throughout your whole life. Listen, if I'm a, if you're a racist, yeah, you're a racist. Don't try and switch it on, switch it off. Like <laughs> life don't work like that because you'll get found out at the end of the day. Mm. So just try and keep it consistent. If you're a racist, at least I know where you are, yeah. And if I want to go and get abused one day, <laughs> I'll come and find you. Do you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, just if you're a racist and you really, really hate black people or you really hate other cultures and you don't like other people's backgrounds, then just keep it away from that environment. Go and do that outside. Don't do it at football because football is a place of unity. If you were on the pitch and you were being racially abused by a section of a, a crowd rather than by, by an individual. Would, would you feel... Yeah, but would you feel... 
not better is not the word, but would you feel differently if you knew that there were going to be real sanctions for those people who were being racially abusive? I think if players, I can't speak for every player, but from my view, I feel like they defend themselves the way they do because there is no support. So I feel like if they had the right punishments and people could see it being enforced to the full effect, I feel like players may speak out, but not as regularly because they know they've got the support behind them to set the punishment well, straight. OK, so the punishment to the club or to the player? Um, oh, the, the fans. To the fans. To the fans. Sorry, it, sorry. Well, the club would get punished anyway, but I feel like if the people knew the fans were definitely getting like what they deserve yeah. for what, ruining the What would you say they deserve? The like... Like Kelly said, I think if it was like, say, in the Porto game, it sounds like it's just the whole section. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it's like three or four so people. The whole it sounds section. like. Yeah. So I just say ban that whole section. I think the more they realize, like, because there's going to be people in that section that's being punished for not doing a thing. Exactly. So, so what's going to happen? So yeah. yeah, it's going to turn the responsibility to that fan yeah, yeah. sitting in there because he wants to go and watch the games and yeah. he wants his kids and to grow up. And you're spoiling it for me. Yeah, and you're yeah. spoiling it. So I feel like that will create them to start policing it themselves because yes. they don't want to miss the next good. game. That's so I feel one. like just ban them and then if they do it again, ban them for two games and the more they do it, just so extend the, it. So the sections of the crowd. No, but like whatever. So say there's a section of 3,000 people, yeah. ban that whole section. Um, there was also the, the Craig Ramage incident who said, when I look at certain players, their body language, their stance, the way they act, you just feel, hold on a minute, he needs pulling down a peg or two. So I'd probably say that about all the young black lads. <laughs> Thoughts? He's just, put a, he's just put a blanket <laughs> over across every, every black, black person to go in, mate. Basically, um, look, Coley will tell you, for example, like his body language and my body language totally are completely different. different. That doesn't mean we, we're not going to give 110%. Well, he's shorter for once, isn't he? And I'm, <laughs> I'm lanky. You know and, what I, I mean? so. and I'm quicker. He's <laughs> <laughs> never quicker yes, than me. But, oh, bruv, bruv. Oh, my. In my prime. In my prime. Oh, I was quicker than you. Is Come it? On. Yeah, you know this. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, he was, he was. <laughs> like, now we're retired now, I could actually talk about it. But let's, let's not laugh. Right. This is a right. serious subject. Yeah. So, but for me, I just think it, it's bad from him. Like, he's basically just stereotyping young black kids in the Derby team. Like, he's apologised, but whether he, he misspoke... It, se- or it mis- seems like it's a personal opinion of But we can of only his. take it on what, what has actually yeah, been of, said. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel like there's other words he could have used. Yeah. Like, the start of the, the sentence and what he said was fine. There yeah. was no reason to put black players. He so basically, just said like, especially some young the kid, black lads. Yeah, he could have just said, like, there's, there's a lot of young talent in there without the right attitude that need pulling down a peg or two. It was just as easy as that to say. And is, is the issue with, with this and, and in specifying the young black players in, in the side, is, is the issue with this that it does buy into a sort of long-standing, lazy racial stereotype? Yeah, yeah. well, for me, right, not, well, I was always classed as lazy. Oh, Carl, it doesn't run about no, I meant the stereotype was lazy, not that... But, yeah, no, I, no, I, I used point. to get yeah, that from yeah. when I was young, like... Mate, I I don't know if I could have run any harder, yeah? But I always got called lazy. Like, maybe because I was always late and all that sort of stuff. So I did like my bed, not going to lie. But I always got labelled lazy because it was a stereotypical. And I was, I was thinking, maybe I'm lazy. I started to buy into it. Maybe I'm lazy. Do you know what I mean? So I was getting brainwashed with it as well. I was like, oh, maybe. So that's why I, I, I used to run through brick walls just to show that I wasn't lazy. 
Do you know what I mean? Which, but that that I, that's, that that's idea, mentally but that idea scarring. of you then internalizing yeah. the racial stereotype is, yeah. is really interesting because you then start if somebody tells you something often enough, yeah. you start to believe it about yourself even when it's and, demonstrably yeah. not true. But some yeah, but people this is bounce why. back from it. Yeah, like he's mentally stronger in certain ways. These kids that he's talking about yeah. might not be built like that and be able to deal with it like that. Yeah. Like it, Coley's the man that will be like, all right, I'm going to prove you wrong. These kids might just crumble and go into a shell, then that could be like that career over with. And that's why I said to you earlier, why, do, why does, like, it just seem to us as black players, we had to work harder and, and, and longer than the white boys. Do you know what I mean? When we was growing up. So we had to, it's like we, and then we always used to say to each other, well, you know, it's because we're black. Um, that's why we go, you got to work double as hard, mate. Do you know what I mean? That's what, that was what it was. You're black, you got to work double as hard, harder than the white guys. And I was thinking, when, you, when, you, when I look back at hindsight now, I'm thinking, bloody hell, actually did work. And that's why we got labelled as workhorses and muscle. Those stereotypes of you're either lazy or then when you work hard then you become a workhorse there and, and carlton talking about his reaction to them where he's starting to Believe, to question himself yeah. that's that's where the danger in these these stereotypes is isn't it when that that, that you will have young black players taking them yeah on board even yeah. if they're not like because you you were saying your stats would always completely disprove the yeah. fact that that you were lazy yeah they would always but, show that you were working hard but this is a and yet you're still questioning yourself um, racism as well so i'll tell you why as well because not so long ago, I was I was um, I was talking about what plays we might want to look at. As um, I was doing something for some academy, and then the guy goes to me. He was a white guy, by the way, and I wouldn't have him down as racist or anything like that. But because there's a stereotypical outlook on black players, he said, uh, "We're looking oh, for this. BBQs." So I've gone BBQs. What's 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 that? <laughs> this is a new slang yeah, to me. Yeah. Like, he's got, he's got. Oh yeah, yeah, big, black, and quick. So I was like, hold on a minute. Why isn't there big, white, and quick? <laughs> Why doesn't it always just have to be big, black, and quick? Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I'm trying to say. Black players were stereotyped to be in a certain way, and white players were stereotyped to be in a certain way as well. So we're being all sectioned of what what kind of player you you are so if you're you're not oh, come on you're not i'm big you're not big bro. i am big you're not big <laughs> but you're but you had you had strength and pace and power yeah but my type of player i was big black and quick so you was bbq so i was a bbq do you know what i mean yeah. and he's actually telling me i need bbq just a bit like you coley do you know what i mean like, I was like, oh my god so that is racism in itself and, and i think this is where there are a lot of people who don't understand the subtleties of, yeah. uh, of of the difference between describing somebody in a way that they, somebody might you might have a player who is big who is black and who is quick quick yeah. but but the problem is that a... you have to be very careful labeling yeah. them as such because it buys into but a, what about a stereotype what about the white players are, yeah. are big and quick as well yeah. <laughs> like, why does it have to just be but black but that's that's what i mean is that they they People that I think this this comes down to a subtlety that that a lot of people don't understand that they they don't understand the difference between being descriptive and yeah. being prejudiced yeah. and and not prejudiced in a hateful way prejudiced in an unthinking and unconscious way mm. yeah yeah that's that's what it is that's education and how to 
look, if you really want to say certain things, there's ways of putting it that it doesn't come across racist, um, racist or dumb. Like, because to me, that's kind of dumb. Like, because there's other players out there that, if you want to put in that category, don't have to be black. It could be a white person. Could be, could be a Chinese person. You don't know. Yeah. Like, we all got. We're not we all, all got attributes. We all got attributes. Do you know what I mean? So you don't have to say the the, the black doesn't have to be involved in it. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's hard. It's hard to get out of that that loop where people have actually look at you in that stereotypical way. Mm. But. We're getting there slowly. We are getting there. We, we probably all carry prejudices. And, and I'm not talking necessarily about racial prejudices. We probably all make judgments about people very, very quickly and unconsciously. It's about being aware yeah, of what that, that, they might, yeah. that they might be there and sort of checking yourself before you go to use a, a something that could be seen as a, as a stereotype. I'm interested in your position, though, as a coach yeah. and whether you feel that maybe you hold any sort of unconscious bias. Do, do you feel it or do you, is it something that you're aware of and, and look for in yourself? Well, well, for me, for me. As I said, as I was saying earlier, when we say you're black, you've got to work twice as hard, yeah? So when I look at the black lads that we have in our group, I'm looking at them, I'm thinking, you lot are good players, yeah? But sometimes your body language yeah, tells a different, tells story. A different story. You may, may want it in your mind, but to the person, the governing body that's actually looking over you saying, we're going to give you a contract, we're going to give you a contract. If you're not coming with the right body language, then, I'm sorry, my friend, you might not get what you want. But then it's hard. But it's hard. But I I understand to a degree, but then you have white boys in the group as well. It's It's just not just about the black boys. There's white boys in the group that have the same attitude as the black boys, yeah? But the white boys... They know that they have might have the upper hand because because they because of their skin color and they know that they're more favored. I'm not saying is it, that is that right? Do you not, think, do you think I, that no, happens? No, but in their head psychologically right, okay. that happens. Okay. I'm not saying it is what happens. But it's a belief they it's have. It's a belief they have. So that's why some some of the black the black players might look at it and think, oh man, why is it why is he getting that treatment all the time? Then they start using the race card. Do you know what I mean? Because it's in the DNA. Installed. It's installed that you've got to work twice as hard. Do you know what I mean? So it's really, it's a balance with it because you want the, the boys to do really well, no matter what colour they are. But the white, the white boys might seem to think that they've got it better than the black boys and the black boys might think the white boys have got it better than them. So it's a really hard thing to do right now. Because I, I don't know where carrying I don't, all their own. No. There's just so much intricacies to it. Yeah, it's it's so deep and it's embedded, and it's just trying to untie it all, and then we'll be fine. And that's one of the 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 features of, of what we're we're talking about. The two incidents in particular that we're talking about is that conversations and, and debates about racism have become intricate, and they have become yeah. deep, and they have become about the sort of unconscious levels and. It, but what we we've been talking about are two overt examples of, of racism where a player is racially abused at a match and, and where you have somebody who who goes on and, and appears to to throw a blanket, as you say, over the young black players at, at Derby. How important is it the way that this has been reacted to or the comments um from from Craig Grammage have been have been reacted to. So the BBC have said they're not going to employ him again. Um, the, there's support from um, Derby player Max Lowe, who came out and spoke 
very strong, made a very strong statement on on this. How important is is the reaction to to what is said? I think so far from what we've heard and read, I think the reaction has been the right reaction. Um, The message that came out on Twitter was very powerful. I feel like now, the fact that he hasn't got a job, he might have it might have hit home for him. I feel like Nari will sit down and think about it, hence the reason why he maybe he's going to apologise or he has apologised. But then it's too late. Like, you're, I feel like for him, he, he's a pundit. You have a professional courtesy. Yes. And your professional courtesy shouldn't be saying what you said. Yes. He's just took a shortcut and a lazy route to get to the point that he wanted to get to, it yeah. seems like. And he's just thrown himself under the bus by just, like you said, stereotyping all the young black players at Derby. Yeah. That's not now, fair. as much as the Derby players have said what they said... Now it's back on them in a way because now they have to show that, for one, what you said is wrong and this is what the player I am I'm capable of and it's exactly kind of what Colton has done. When he was told he was lazy, he said, OK, cool, I'm going to show you I'm not lazy. Now they have to be professional players and say to themselves, like, it's time for me to show that what you said is wrong. Now they have to up their game and show people what they're really about. For me, that's what I would do as a player. I'd say, okay, you made that racist remark. Now I'm going to show everybody that you're talking rubbish. It's such an interesting conversation and obviously we're just scratching the surface of it here, but it's important that we have these conversations to to sort of move everything on and to keep it in the the lights, I think. Yeah, you've got to keep it in the lights. It's been in the dark for so long. I think there's things that used to needed needed to be addressed back in the day that didn't get addressed and I think obviously as social media and everything right now and it just the light's on it right now so right now we just got to make the use <laughs> make good use of it while it's here so we can try and eradicate it as much as possible we might not get fully gone but while it's in the light we need to shine well we need to eradicate it while it's in the light and Otherwise, like you might said, not get a chance to yeah, do it again. And like Sean said, you don't want it to just be around for a day and then... Exactly. That's, until what, the, until that's like the old newspaper news. Like We don't want to do that again. This is Liquid Football on Joe. I'm Kelly Cates. Alongside me, Sean Wright Phillips and Carlton Cole. If you like what you see and you hear, then please leave us a nice review on iTunes or YouTube. TKO with Carl Frampton is back. And in the latest episode, Carl and Chris Lloyd were joined by WWE legend Kurt Angle to compare notes on training, injury and pain. I think the worst pain I had, and I still have it now, is an amateur wrestling right before the Olympics. I got thrown on my head and I broke my neck. Mm. And um, I didn't know it, and I kept wrestling. And that day I ended up winning um, the U.S. Open, and that put me in a good position to make the Olympic team for the Olympic trials. Uh, It made me the top guy, so I didn't have to wrestle the mini tournament to face the winner of the mini tournament. I was the guy that the mini tournament faced. So I, I, um, I couldn't get passed by any doctor. No doctor would pass or would, would allow me to wrestle. So I eventually found a doctor and he said, the only thing you can do, you can't train. You just, we'll just stick you in a neck with Novocaine and you won't feel the pain. And he was right. Every match I had at the trials and the Olympics, I got 12 shots of Novocaine in the back of my neck. Wow. Couldn't feel it for about an hour. I'd go out and wrestle, and then an hour later, I'd be in a lot of pain again. So you won the Olympic Games with a broken neck? Yeah, yeah. That's insane. 
That was WWE legend Kurt Angle speaking on TKO to Carl Frampton and Chris Lloyd. You can watch the whole show on YouTube or you can download it as a podcast. Check out House of Rugby with James Haskell as well. Uh, now, a story around in the last seven days was the row between Bournemouth and the PGMOL. Um, Bournemouth midfielder Dan Gosling said that John Moss showed zero respect and was a disgrace for making sarky comments about their league position. <laughs> is, he, is he right to go public with it? Are no. Bournemouth right to back him? What do you I, think? I, I, think he, I think he should have just kept his mouth shut and just dealt with it like him himself he's got to be mentally stronger than that sorry like sorry Gosling I feel like if you can give abuse to a referee you've got to learn to take it back personally is, is there any any way in which a referee should have to hold themselves kind of above all that on pitch kind of nah, this um, chat and everything it should should a referee be above it should they be neutral and no, not I want, a, I want a referee up? I want a referee that's got a bit of personality do you know what I mean? Like, I want, I want to have some banner. I need yeah, to be able I, to, like, talk to you and I, say, listen, I can see like, you got that all wrong, mate. I don't know what you're seeing. You need to go spec <laughs> yeah. yeah? Don't banner like that, yeah? You need, and then he's got to laugh back and then give you a little bit. It, we're humans. Yeah. We're not robots. It's the same. Everybody will say to the ref if he makes a bad decision. Like, they do that. Like, it's, it's a what joke, you, you seen, know what I mean? Like, so I yeah. just feel like... I get when some people say they expect him to be a bit more professional than that, but then at the same time, that reverts back to us. Then we have to handle ourselves professionally. We go and abuse referees when they do something wrong. Yeah. So if we can abuse them, surely they they have the right to defend themselves. To give themselves banter. They're not, even, them they're not even abusing they're, you, yeah, though, right? Giving, you know, like, just giving yeah, you a bit play, of banter. They're playing the game, isn't it? Like, I've had that it. they say something back to you, then book you, or so yeah, send you off. And to be fair, yeah. that's how... Yeah. If they send something back to you, then book you. Then I'll have something to say. It's like a game, though, isn't it? Like I felt like there were certain referees, like because I used to think I can tackle. I still, in my head, think I can, but there was somewhere like... <laughs> I know I should have been like yellow carded or booked, but I think because of going through the games, I would have a laugh and a joke with a referee and give him a bit of abuse. He kind of saw me but it wasn't in a abuse. different yeah. It, it wasn't abuse. You know banter. what I mean? Well, banter, but like he kind of saw me in a different light. Yeah. So there was like, found that maybe be a yellow card. He would just. It seemed like he would just give me like a yellow card, yeah. and I did it in the USL as well when I was in America towards the end of my year. And there were some tackles that I looked back and I was like, oh my God, how didn't I get a red card for that? Do you know what I mean? But I think because it's like you build kind of a relationship, do you know what I mean? And then you see him the next game and it would just flow. It would just be banned all the way through. Cody would tell you, just yeah. have a laugh and a joke through the game. And I feel like that is football. Like football, you're meant to smile and enjoy it. All right, sometimes it don't go your way, but you're still lucky enough to play a game that you love and you enjoy now, the fact that he couldn't deal with that when he's most probably had what the ref said to him from the away fans. I'm just saying that for know. me, for me, yeah. If there was in 10th um, place, yeah, and they were comfortable. <laughs> you think he's talking about the referee? Well, John Moss wouldn't have said that, though. Yeah, he would have probably given him a different sort of banter. But yeah. that was just the banter of the realism that he's in. That <laughs> it's realistic <laughs> yeah. banter. Yeah. Do you know what it is? So just and to deal with the yeah, and you couldn't change it. it. So why are you just going to throw your your toys out the pram and start saying, "Oh, we shouldn't say that"? Because he just all he's done is say your reality, basically. Yeah. You're down there, mate. Like, you're lied. down there. Deal with it. <laughs> why are you down there? Like, yeah, so that's that actually should spur you on and say, "Do you know what?" I'm he's, right. Yeah, he's right. He's right. I, but I'm going to show you that I'm I'm better than that. I'm not, I don't. And then I want to actually prove him wrong. 
you know what I mean? But not everyone's built like me, so I mean, so. But also, I like different. the idea that you that, that talking to be talking to each other like that makes them feel more human, and that might actually end up working in your in your favour. But realizing that you are just there, but because you want to be there, because actually, you know, it's not the worst life in the world. No, being yeah. a footballer, even a, even at times, being a referee is not is the it? worst thing in the world. Lovely. But which referees did did you like? Who were the best? Uriah to chat I, to. I, I, yeah. I used to love his abuse because he used to always come across like he was the the muscle man on the pitch and whatever he says goes. So when you had a chance to get like, kind of get one over on him, which I did. Because at- he was stern, you're right, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? He had that kind of demeanour. Was so, he a police? Like, did he, did he used to be a policeman or something? Or I think, no, he didn't. He used was to be karate te- or something like that. Oh, was it? Oh, I think probably. he might be, but um, like, oh, you want to the band the room and take it the wrong way, would right. you? Right, so, yeah. but like, yeah. <laughs> you give you a kick there, your was a, there was a time where I, 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 I'll be honest, I wasn't actually playing too well in this game, <laughs> but he did something and I gave him some abuse, some banter, and he just, he just looked to me and said, how can you talk anyway? Have you seen the way you're playing today? And I had to just, I had to just hold my hands up and I just laughed it off. And then after the game, we just laughed about yeah. it. And it, that's what football brings. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's nice to have that in a game. Yeah, definitely. Look, I didn't have a favourite ref. Didn't like I any of them. I don't think anyone did go. No, no, I didn't have a favourite ref. But like, you've got refs that... You get, one, you get the, when the team shoots because you see which referee yeah, it is. You're like, like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. my mate. Yeah. I'm going to have a great game today. No, no. But to be honest, right, um, like for me, like if you, as I said, you've got to have banter with the ref, but I'll always have a talk with the ref all the way through. But they always, always penalise me for for elbows like I'll go up it wasn't my fault I was just clumsy in it I'm just a clumsy person in general like I'll trip over that step right now like, and then like I'm not I don't mean anything by it if I've elbowed someone by accident it's just it's not me being hard it's just me being clumsy and then like refs used to always try and penalize me because of that and like so we just have a little talk at, at half time or whatever, and I'll say, okay, I'll try and jump like that then. Like, do you know what I mean? Because I am bigger than everyone. Do you know what I mean? If I try to elbow you, I'll go over your head. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Colin, you remember you when ever... I marked you at the game? When did you camp? ever mark me at the game? I was centre back in the practice match for the England camp. We had like little friendly, 11 v 11. See, look, I was like centre back. Do you know what? Yeah, because we're filling spaces in yeah. it. So, like, you never very rarely, like, someone was injured and I just filled in. Like, and I just... And you said you, mark, just, you marked me out of the game? Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> you! <laughs> nah, 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 nah. You never... I don't even think this... Like, this happened all in his head, by the way. Because I don't remember... Why would the gaffer tell you to go... Capella no, would I never tell played, you to go centre-back. I just played centre-back that day. I did. I wouldn't say I marked you out of the game, but I was centre-back. But you played on the other side because clearly you were scared of my pants. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> oh, my God. You see this game? You're so gassed. You're so um, should we do some proper football chat? Like, yeah. actually, maybe talk about... Yeah. Let's talk about football. The Champions League is back at the round of 16. Mm. Liverpool are off to Atletico Madrid. Borussia Dortmund hosts PSG. And then on Wednesday, Tottenham take on Leipzig and Atalanta play Valencia. Um, these big Champions League nights, once you get to the knockout stages... It gets fun. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you should know because I only played one Champions League game. As a player, it's like, I wouldn't say pressure, but like you're always, you're always up for it, especially when you, you feel different. When, when you hear the song at the beginning, like you get like, right, it's that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, come on, let's do it this. Nice. But there's a lot of ups and downs in it, as you see, and like a lot of big teams could go out. Like mm. you saw it last year with Ajax just came from nowhere and like steamrolled a lot of teams. Yeah. But um yeah, there's some good draws. I'm looking forward especially to the Tottenham-Leipzig game. 
What do you reckon um, that's going to go? I don't know. You know what Mourinho's like? He he always has like an ace up his sleeve. He, he seems to make it work all the time and it, he's always good playing against... But what, what I like say to that. you earlier, like really and truly, his luck's coming back. Yeah, I think you went for a pe- period, yeah. The Mourinho luck, was, the special one was not special. <laughs> yeah. But I think that special thing's coming back now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, his decisions are like, are yeah. come back. We used to always say that when we played there. So, um, yeah, I, I think Tottenham will win, but I'm still sitting on a draw. Yeah? Mm. I'm going Tottenham win with that one. I still but um, like, I, I looked at um, RB Leipzig's form. It's not too great. No. So I don't think Tottenham, and they're at home, and Tottenham's at home as well. Yeah. Spurs, they should be winning that game. If they don't I win that game... Yeah, they should be winning If that they game, don't yeah, win that game, then there's something wrong with um, with Mourinho, because then he's definitely <laughs> not the special <laughs> one. So he can't just be Mourinho. He's Mourinho. You've just said it. It's not coming back from his luck. It's coming back. Everything's working. No, but if he doesn't... But if there's one result doesn't go his way, that's it. It's all gone. I'm telling you, he ain't special anymore to me. He's just surrounded a mill. Liverpool have already been beaten in the in the Champions League this season. Napoli beat them when, when Carlo Ancelotti was there. Um, they've got Atletico Madrid on Tuesday night in Madrid. You just wonder if Simeone has set up a, a team there, and it's, the whole club is really this this incarnation of of Atletico Madrid is in his image. Really, mm-hmm. you just wonder if they have the the sort of type of side and the type of players that can really cause problems for for Liverpool, particularly in Madrid. I've I've always admired the way Atletico have actually played. Um, their defence is second to none. They always seem to to keep the game within arm's reach. Even if they lose a game, it will be in a position where normally they have a chance to come back at at home or even if it's away. But um, I feel like they're set up the way that Liverpool don't like to play against teams. So I feel like there will be chances. But then. Liverpool's defence is just as good, so <laughs> it's going to be a really, really good game to watch. And, and Simeone is having a bit of a, a little bit of a wobble, and you know there, there are starting to be some questions asked about him at, at Atletico Madrid and whether or not he's going to see out his contract. I think he's, he's there till twenty twenty two officially, but there, but there some question marks as to whether or not he'll stay there. So it might not be the worst time to play against Atletico Madrid. But for for Liverpool, as much as anything, is it about? keeping that, that run of form going as, as they go, that, that momentum right into the, the end of the season. Yeah, definitely, Liverpool are going to be wanting to keep that momentum. Um, I think there's no better time to catch Atletico in this current form because they're not, they're not barking up any trees at the moment. They're not really doing what I know they can do. I think um, Liverpool definitely have the upper hand in this game. Um, uh, are they home or home or away? The Liverpool are away first, and yeah. then at home in the second. So I'll, I'll, it's going to be hard. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Different climate. Different. I don't actually know the climate over there. <laughs> but, it's, but, Madrid, it's not that far. Away. I, just, like, I actually don't know. The, I don't know why I'm bringing, bringing the climate into it. But, um, <laughs> but I think um, Liverpool definitely going to be. It's going to be absolutely baking there. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's the humidity that's, that's going to kill them. <laughs> but Liverpool, if they lose, it's, it's theirs to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the way they've been playing, like they've not lost 
and how long? Like it's crazy. Like it's, so it's the front three, isn't it? Like, the front three, and you got Mane back as well. So if you're saying about unlocking the defense, yeah, they Mane unlock. will do that. Yeah, but th- this is even I've noticed with Liverpool this year. If they haven't played well, they've scored goals. Yeah, and they'll get that and last that, minute that, winner like they did that, the other day. And that for and a it's team, ten clean, ten clean sheets in the last. Yeah, 11. for that in a Ooh, team, well. it's it's really good to have that in a team. Yeah. I'm just looking at the weather forecast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, Madrid. I want to know. <laughs> Tuesday night. Tuesday night at nine o'clock in Madrid. Ten degrees. That's Liverpool weather. It's between yeah, it's between three and fourteen, but it might be sunny. That's yeah, Liverpool yeah, weather in the summer. Yeah, exactly that. That's, <laughs> and that is it for this episode of Liquid Football from Joe. My thanks to Sean Wright Phillips and to Carton Cole. We're available every Monday. You can download the podcast or watch us on YouTube. And please leave us a nice review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We've also got a Facebook page as well. If you search for Liquid Football, you can join in the chat there. And remember to check out our other shows as well. House of Rugby with James Haskell and TKO with Carl Frampton. For now, though, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Liquid Football on Joe.